kind of go back into the 70s, which sort of sets the stage for my next guest on our community story segment, and that is author Rachel Hannell, who is also a faculty here at Minnesota State University in creative writing. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning, Karen. Rachel also has a show here on KMSU Radio. I do. You can listen uh, the first Tuesday of each month at 3 o'clock. Yes, so she's well-known to us here, and she's also becoming more well-known for her books. And this is her second book. She did another book, and that came out in what year, Rachel? 2013. Which was, We'll Be the Last Ones Mm -hmm. to Let You Down, based on... Your life of being the daughter of a gravedigger yes, in Wasika. In Wasika, that's right. All right, so here's another book that she just came out with, just being released mm-hmm. now. It's called Not the Camilla We Knew, One Woman's Life from Small Town America to the Simeonese Liberation Army. And that is actually officially coming out December 13th. I got my copy on Monday, Rachel. Yeah. So I, I read as much as I could. I didn't have a chance to get it all done. But so far, very fascinating and you say, who the heck is this Camilla? Yeah. And so why don't you set the stage for mm-hmm. who Camilla is in a larger story? Sure. So Camilla Hall was born in St. Peter. So she's a southern Minnesota local? gal, mm-hmm. local gal, uh, born in 1945. Her dad was a theology professor at Gustavus, mm-hmm. and her mom taught art there. Uh, and so the family, um, you know, they started their family in St. Peter. Um they moved away from St. Peter maybe in the late 50s. Camilla went to elementary school in St. Peter. They moved up to the Twin Cities area, and Camilla graduated from high school uh, in at, from Washburn in Minneapolis in 1963. Um, so she's in Minnesota. She goes to the U of M. She works as a social worker, goes to California in 1970 to Los Angeles first, but ends up in 1971 in Berkeley. So if you know anything about U.S. history, uh, Berkeley, um, really, really left wing. We're coming out of the 60s with a lot of the protest movements, you know, against the government and everything. Um, A lot of that had faded by the early 70s, um, but there were some people, uh, I guess we would call them very radical, and they said, you know what, this isn't over. We still believe that there's a lot of problems. And um, these groups were actually much more violent than any groups that had come before them. And she gets caught up in that. So she gets caught up in the SLA. So you describe her. I'm in the part where you're describing her childhood. Mm-hmm. She was, I mean, she kind of had a tragic childhood. Oh, very where, tragic. Uh, there was four children in the family. All of them died except for her. Yeah. And all of them were younger. can't remember. What did the boys die of? Her brother's yeah, one one boy, you know, and he died in 1948. And so as far as medical knowledge goes, right, it's, yeah, it's a little unclear exactly what had happened, but it looked like a uh, he had a virus, like mm-hmm. a virus attacked his heart and he died. And the other boy died of a kidney condition, which um, there may have been a family a genetic kidney uh, disease uh, because then Camilla's sister also died of that kidney disease. Right, and so none of them actually ever graduated high school no. even. Mm-mm. And so she was sort of left as the only child. Mm-hmm. And she traveled around a lot because her dad was a, uh, went on missionary mm-hmm. trips because yes. he was a... He was a pastor. pastor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you, you kind of describe it as... Every time something bad happened, like the, the, the sons died or the, the, the other daughter died of this of illnesses, then the dad would just kind of move on. They never really stayed. It's kind of like almost like he ran away yeah. from his grief or something. Yeah, I think that they were maybe, uh, George Hall especially, I think he was always looking for that next opportunity. And, you know, I, I wish I had met him because he just seems like the most just intelligent 
wonderful, kind-hearted, big-hearted man. Right. Um, and so he was always looking for new opportunities that seemed to do different things um, related to his theology background and his background as a pastor. So it was George and Lorena yep. Hall. Now the they lived in St. Peter. Mm-hmm. So in your research, I know you did a ton of research. Did you actually find people who knew them? A little bit. Um, there is a woman over in St. Peter that I talked to for the book. She had gone to Gustavus with Camilla. So Camilla's first year of college, she went to Gustavus. And so it was um, good to talk to her. Um, but, you know, the family had moved away in the late 50s. So we're just talking about a matter of time now as far yeah. as people around anymore who who remember the halls. Um, very rare. Right. Yeah. And so you did extensive research. A lot of it, it sounds like you were in the, the bowels of archives mm-hmm. every uh, maybe in in St. Peter and mm-hmm. the Gustavus yep, and, yep. and other places. And it's also led you to do some traveling. Yes. Talk about that a little bit in sure. writing a book like this. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough back in 2008 to get a Jerome travel grant. And so it's a foundation that supports writers, um, especially if they have to travel to do research. And so I did get a grant to go to the Bay Area. So I went out there for two weeks. Yeah, this was back in 2008. And it was just so nice. I mean, not only did I do some research out there and, you know, look through old newspapers and that kind of thing, but just to be in that environment where Camilla had lived. So she'd lived in Berkeley. Um, Some activities also took place in Oakland and, of course, San Francisco. So it was just nice to see the houses or the apartments where Camilla lived. So I went to each one and took pictures and just tried to get a sense of who she was. Yeah. 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 So I got to ask you why? Why do you choose? I mean, she's like, I mean, we talked about Patty Hearst being mm-hmm. the one that everybody heard about. Yep. And as you're describing in this book, you put yourself in the actual story itself yeah. about how you grew up and hearing about this all the time. And I'm a little older than you, but I remember hearing about Patty Hearst and the Symbionese Liberation Army and didn't really understand mm-hmm. what it was even all about, but it was in the news all the time. And so why does one how does one get drawn to write about maybe a more minor character because we haven't all heard about like Mm -hmm. Patty Hearst, for Mm -hmm. example. Mm -hmm. So talk about that. Why? Why? Yeah. Well, I feel like Camilla chose me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So it was one of those things. I mean, the the memoir happened in the same type of way where I almost just felt like I was uh, struck by a a lightning bolt or something, you know, just like this idea came to me. But I saw Camilla's picture in the newspaper back in 1999 when Sarah Jane Olson was arrested in St. Paul for her activities in the SLA. And I just saw Camilla's picture and and learned about her then and that she grew up in St. Peter. And I just really was fascinated from the beginning. I just thought, how does a Minnesota girl, she's in the pic, she's blonde and she just looks so friendly and happy in this picture. And I just thought, how does somebody like her growing up in small town Minnesota end up in a group like the SLA. Yeah, because you're a small town girl yourself. Exactly. So she could have been Rachel Hannell. Yeah, you know, you think about those forks in the road. And, you know, I think, well, I like to do good things. I like to think I'm passionate about helping the world Mm -hmm. in my little small ways. And and Camilla felt that way too. But, you know, her passion for wanting to see change led her to to this violence. Well, let's talk about that violence. What was it that she did... You mentioned Sarah Jane Olson, who everybody heard about, too, because she was actually arrested. And mm-hmm. But was Camilla ever arrested? No, she died in that shootout oh, before the, okay. they could get to the so let's, SLA. So mm-hmm. let's tell that story a little sure. bit for folks who yep. maybe aren't familiar. Yep. So uh, Camilla's involvement in the SLA... Um, the, the first thing I could find that was definitive, yes, she is now a member of the SLA, would have been on January 2nd, 1974, when she bought 
a gun. And I do know the SLA as a large group had a meeting on New Year's Eve, um, and that appeared to be when everybody coalesced into the SLA. So Camilla's um, part of the group in January. Uh, Patty Hearst was kidnapped on February 4th, 1974. So Camilla was part of that. Uh, she drove one of the getaway cars, I guess you would call oh, really? it. Mm -hmm. okay. So they had like a little caravan of, of three cars. A couple of people went in to uh, grab Patty and they threw her in a car and these cars drove away. Drove away. And then the next time they make an appearance is on April 15th, and they rob a bank. They rob the Hibernia Bank, and that is probably, if people remember that, uh, Patty Hearst was part of that bank robbery. So that was a huge deal, and you had the security camera footage of Patty Hearst holding her gun, you know, and pointing it at people. Um, but Camilla was in the bank, too, during that time. And then uh, they, they kept... Um, you know, they kept eluding authorities. Uh, they end up in Los Angeles in mid-May, and that's when they have a shootout with Los Angeles police. They're finally caught. The police close in, and six of the SLA members were killed in that shootout. And that's how you start the book was with the shootout. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sort of when I, you came in this morning, I said, you know, I haven't finished it because I just <laughs> got it on Monday. And I said, so I don't want to be uh, give a spoiler. And she said, well, you already know it. She dies. She right? dies <laughs> right, right in the prologue. <laughs> right. You know that. Why yep. did you choose to write something that that way? Yeah. Well, personally, you know, when I read nonfiction, I I love books that start that way, that kind, kind sure. of maybe start with the end. And two, I mean, even if I hadn't started that way and wanted to keep it more of a quote unquote secret, I mean, anyone can go online and look up Camilla Hall and discover right. she had died. So it's like it wasn't any big secret. But, you know, I think the, the fascinating thing is, okay, you know, she dies in this really, you know, spectacular, violent way. And I hope people would want to keep reading to figure out how did she get there? So the rest of the book is about, okay, how did she get there? And, you know, that's the interesting part for me, because a lot of what you have del delved into, you know, is a lot of maybe letters that she wrote mm -hmm. to her parents and all sorts of things that were in existence, because obviously, like you said, everybody pretty much was gone. So you couldn't really talk mm -hmm. to them. So some of this is a speculation on your part. Yep. But I like how you did it, because you said you speculated one way, but you also said, but it could have been the other way. And you were mm -hmm. very careful about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and later on in the book, too, you know, toward the end of the book is when I really start to present, I guess, maybe more theories or try to find more explanations for maybe what why she did what she did. Uh, so that is the uh, prerogative of a creative nonfiction writer <laughs> to speculate. So let me let me ask you, because I mm -hmm. haven't got that far. But what is it? What do you think was the thing that made her most get that way? Because, you know, yeah. she came from this conservative religious family her dad's the pastor and she has lost her siblings so she's I don't know if it's not dealt with her grief mm -hmm. you know you talk about those theories etc but as you continue on was it the college you blame it on the college yeah yeah right <laughs> you know it's one of those things where it's not any one thing and it's that accumulation and that's one thing that I really wanted to get across too because I mean I've worked in the media you work in the media we know how it works we know that oh you just want to slap a headline on there and you want to do a quick little news story and here's why it happened or here's the explanation and one thing that we don't get a lot with media reports is any kind of nuance or any Context. kind of complexity it just takes too long right and uh, the media reports about Camilla after this happened after she died were really, they were really flat. They were really stereotypical. They were really actually rather cruel to her. And In what way? Well, at one point in her life, she had been 
little bit on the heavier side. But by the time she went to California, she became a vegetarian. She took up karate. Like she had really slimmed down. But these I even re- think you you referred to her as homely at one point. So I'm looking. Other at, people have. Or uh, yeah, not you, but yeah, you're yep. talking about that. Yes, they were kind of mean. Yes, yeah. just how she looked, and they would call her heavy and overweight. And I just think, wow, why would you, you know, just describe somebody that way? So it's like she there's it's like she has a very kind of frozen in time moment if you were to just read reports from that time. And I really wanted to counteract that and say, here's all these things she was dealing with in her life. And once you accumulate them all together, okay, I can see where maybe she thought, you know what, this seems like a good decision. If you were, you know, you're from Wasika mm-hmm. originally, she's from St. Peter. If she were the same age you as you, do you think you would have been friends? Oh, yeah. She sounded like just the most fun person to be with. If you look at her high school yearbook, she was in all sorts of activities. Uh, she was named Class Clown, so she had this wonderful sense of humor. And the people, the few people I have talked to who did know her, they all say that. I mean, to a one, they all say, what a fun loving person she was, what a loyal friend she was. I mean, it's just my regret that I didn't get to know her Mm -hmm. in person because I think she would have been just a lovely person to spend time with. But was it 1999 when you sort of got the bug to... to Yes. uh, I would say almost obsess about her. Yeah. uh, It's one of those things, questions where, you know, I just couldn't let it go. I just kept thinking about it. And again, that's I, that, I mean, that's a clue that, okay, maybe you have a book here, you know, oh, really? if you want to oh, keep, interesting. if you keep obsessing about it, you know, and you can't let it go. All right. So that was 1999 while you were working at the Mankato Free Press? Yes. All right. So you were working on probably general assignment mm-hmm, back then, I mm-hmm. assume. And, and so what did you want to do with this back then or did it just sort of sit in a drawer? Yeah. Well, I did a, I did an article pretty much right away just to like a companion story to that larger story of because Sarah. Because she's from St. Yep. Peter, local, blah, The blah, local blah. angle, yep, yeah, to the larger story of Sarah Jane Olson's arrest. Um, and then I was working on my master's degree at the same time and needed a thesis. And so I thought, well, this is good timing. Ah, <laughs> so I was able to do, um, you know, some research early on, um, to to get everything going because I did make that I did make Camilla part of my thesis. I mean, it was more about the '60s and '70s, you know, protest era, um, but Camilla being the representative of that. Interesting, mm-hmm. and it was interesting that her father George passed away. You were would have still been around had you started the book a little earlier. Yeah, he died in 2000. Yeah. But what I did get when I first went to the archives at Gustavus, the archivist there said, "Sure, you know, I don't think it'll be a problem to let you look at this stuff, but let me." Get, let me pass the word along to George through a mutual friend, you know, sure. somebody who, who did live in St. Peter. And so this gentleman wrote to George and just said, oh, somebody wants to look at these documents and write a newspaper story. Is that okay? And and George said, yes. And so oh. it's like, okay, I knew that I had his initial blessing for it. But two, I mean, a lot of this, since everybody is dead, a lot of it is so intuitive. You know, I have to think about what what does this family want or what does Camillo want? You know, do they want this story out there? But George Hall and Lorena, too, were always very, very open. They were very willing to sit for interviews with the media. They were very willing to sit um, to help this gentleman do his Ph.D. dissertation, which I used a lot um, for my sourcing. So it, I got the sense that they always wanted somebody to try to figure out like they Why? had a question too. Why did she do this? And I think they thought the more people they could talk to, maybe it would help them as well. 
So a lot of it was based on letters. How did you get access to all the letters? Where were all those mm-hmm. letters from to her parents? I mean, that yep. she wrote about her experiences in college and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Yeah, there's a pretty decent number of letters for about a 10-year span from about 63 to 73. There's a few Ekas Davis in the archives I mean, who there. saves all those? George and Lorena Hall <laughs> saved them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there's a few that are in the archives. And then the, the gentleman who did this dissertation, his name is Harvey Honig. He lives in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, the Halls had given him several letters okay. as well, and then he passed them along to me. Now, did he actually write about Camilla, or was it more uh, a broader... It was about Camilla, so oh, it, was. it was his PhD dissertation. He was a psychology student at but, the time. But he didn't make it into a book Correct. like you have. Correct. Yes. So what made you go that extra step? I just think it's a compelling story. Okay. You know, it's a compelling story. How does somebody go from this point A to point B? So we can say Mankato's own Rachel Hannell yeah. is the first to write this book yeah. about Camilla Hall. Mm-hmm. So it is a very unique standalone story about a person from southern Minnesota who went, well, to become infamous, let's say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So it, it is a really interesting book. So so I'm still reading it. I, I guess, you know, there's no spoilers, but yeah. I, there's just a <laughs> lot of, I like, I love how you, you work to just give all these different sides mm-hmm. uh, to, to the the sides to her and and it's so well researched Rachel I yeah. don't know how tell me about the process how long does something like this take obviously 1999 I a know. long time ago it's 23 years yeah yeah so <laughs> my first book took me 13 years and, and that was the one will be the last yeah, one to let you down yeah. and, but that was about more personal yeah. stuff so you had easier access I would assume yeah yeah but you know to me to me writing nonfiction and, and that's all I write um, is very laborious and time intensive because you just have have to do so much thinking. Once a reporter, always a reporter, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Thinking and reflection. Um, you can't just make things up, right? And so you have to work with what you have. But in a way, you do make some things up because you're speculating. Yeah, you can speculate. How do you do that? See, that mm-hmm. would be the hardest part I would have trouble with because I would feel like, is this true to the person. Yeah. Well, I feel like any speculation I do, and I did it in my memoir too, is grounded in fact. It's grounded in reality. You know, I have spent 23 years with Camilla, so (laughs) I feel like I'm in a position to make some educated assumptions Mm -hmm. on her part. And and as a nonfiction writer, I make that very clear. You know, I make it very clear when I'm speculating or when I'm imagining because I don't want to mislead people that I know something that I actually don't. Um, So yeah, it's just using all those little tricks and techniques. I always wondered, I don't know if this happened with your first book, but after your first book comes out or your your other book comes out, do people then come to you with other stories or ideas or things that you know you thought oh I wish I would have known that for yeah. my book just because all of a sudden it just triggers something in them yeah so I'm kind of hoping it happens with this book because it was hard to track down people who knew Camilla and actually um, uh, I had a I had a, a little bit a little spread in the Star Tribune back in September and I heard from uh, one woman after that who had gone to high school with Camilla really and okay. so I thought oh good you know it, it will be great to talk to more people even though the book is out whether I can just you know write blog posts or do something, you know, to part add. two. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, Sequel. part two, um, to do a little bit more that way. So it's, I, yeah, I hope I hear from more people. Okay, so if people want, this would be a great Christmas present for people, you know, who are interested in history, mm-hmm. you know, Southern Minnesota connections. 
How can people get this book? I know officially it says release December 13th, which is coming up. Yes. Um, So I believe that if you went right to the University of Minnesota Press uh, website, that's who published it, and ordered from there, I believe they are fulfilling orders right now. The book is in the warehouse. So people who did some pre-ordering already have their copies. So it's already out there in the world. If you were to go to a, a Barnes & Noble or an Amazon, I think you would be waiting until December 13th. Um, but that's just a, what, week and a half away, so. Yeah, so so soon, but you can <laughs> yeah. order online. You can order online, yes, and anywhere. Does, does Rachel Hannell have a, a page that people can go to to find out more? Sure, it's rachelhannell.com. H-A-N-E-L. Yep, and Rachel with the A-E-L. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. so <laughs> rachelhannell.com, and it is not the Camilla we knew. That is the title of the new book, so I encourage you to go check it out, and I appreciate you giving me the copy. Thank you, Rachel Handel. Anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? I just I would love it if people ordered it, and really also what's very useful when people uh, if they read it, to put a review on Amazon or Goodreads. You know, Amazon is all full of those algorithms, and so the more reviews you have, the more it's going to show up, and the more it's going to be useful to an author. And I just suggest doing that for any author, any book sure. that you like. Just make sure you're putting those reviews out there online. Okay, Rachel, I will do that once I'm Thank done with you. the book. <laughs> all right, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming in. Rachel Hannell, author of the new book, Not the Camilla We Knew, One Woman's Life from Small Town America to the Symbionese Liberation Army. And the small town happens to be St. Peter, right, in our backyard.